In the majority of the world and throughout the bulk of history, the common folk never really had much freedom. You were or are born with a label that someone better gave you. It came down to your class, your title, your race, your group, whatever. That sound bad? Being given a label and forced to wear it? It was a time in the free world of the West where the common folk, well, they called themselves citizens. They spurned the classism that was based on wealth or family or control or ethnicity or whatever. They took pride in being a citizen of a free country. That part of the world that became the light for a time. And that's happened often throughout human history. Some civilization would take root and they would be the, the light or the city on the hill or whatever you want to call it. But often, and it happens throughout history, when everyday folks take control and make things tolerable, make a system, make a something that works, a new class of devilish autocrats figure out how to get control and then the freedom for the common people disappears. A new philosophy of wrongness moves in, one which is vacant of all truth, seems to strive to do evil. <sighs> yeah. You know, it's like the common people, they are hampered by things. They're hampered by, you know, uh, um, devotion to the truth or... Uh, I, I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that most of the time the common people are just too busy working, trying to, you know, keep the world going around. But it seems like these rich and powerful people who seem to be present in every level of society, every time in society, they hate a free and empowered citizenry. They just don't like them. You know, and being ruled by law, that the law and, and they, those special ones, somehow like to think of themselves above some kind of a law. Well, the common people terrify them. Because if common people with a common law that everybody gets along with, well, if they take control, then some of those people, well, and they might be judged by that law. We're now in the midst of a takeover. Right now, the rich and powerful are ruling. I mean, some people would say, oh, the rich and powerful always rule. But no, no, no. There's been a time when common people at least had a chance. But right now, you know, philosophy is under revision. So is history. The truth, and not for the first time, is being ignored in order to bring about political control. The truth is, has become a rubber band in this world. Anyway. If you're listening to this broadcast, well, then your status is in flux, who you are. If you think you can just keep your head down, work hard, do as you're told, hope it'll all go away, well, then you're deluding yourself. If you want to hear more, well, 
stick close to the fire. You have found the frequency of the enemy patrol podcast. Please stand by for new directions. Over. Ranger, and you find yourself at the enemy patrol. Welcome to the fire. I am your very own reality scout. I always say that. It's because I look at things and I try and figure things out and I just give you what I see. You know, one thing about a scout is they just say what they are and what they know and what they see. And the generals and various people, you know, they make decisions based on the scouts, but the scout doesn't tell people exactly what to do. So, yes, your reality scout. Um, your life, it's your campaign. You have to make your own decisions. I just give you what I see, kind of the lay of the land, so to speak. So you can either take these reports or don't. If you want to know more, if you want to see more of what your reality scout does you can well first you can subscribe so that you don't miss a report from the enemy patrol you can also take a look at my website you can find me at anomicranger.com and um, if you want to email me with a comment or an idea or just to make contact you can do so either in the contact portion of my um, website nomicranger.com or you can send me one direct and enemy patrol hq at yahoo.com is my email you can send me a note and i mean if you like what i'm writing or podcasting or whatever then give me a good rating wherever you listen to it subscribe and make a comment but most importantly and this is what i always emphasize share with somebody if you listen to this and it goes like wow this this actually, I learned something. Then share it with somebody else. You know, and we always forget to do that in this weird world that we have where, you know, we have online friends and, you know, we call them friends, but sometimes they're just followers or there's, there's some, you know, actually, I, I don't really have much to do with, um, with uh, social media I'm not really on it all that much but anyway so we're talking today about um, I guess I should uh, talk a little bit more about about uh, what this is about society is falling apart at a rapid pace and the reason I'm the anomic ranger and this is the enemy patrol is enemy is a descriptor of both of you know social instability that comes about with a breakdown of the standards and values in a culture, in a society. It's also a descriptor of the personal feelings of unrest or alienation, uncertainty really, that comes from this, the resulting lack of purpose in a society that breaks down. So if you find yourself here and, and you've, 
and kind of stumbled into the fire of the enemy patrol, well, we talk about all this stuff. That's what I'm here for. That's why I'm your reality scout. Anyway, I usually break these things down into um, three portions each episode. The first one I talk about is the veneration of the normal man. And I feel that this one is important because the, it's the normal people. It's the middle of our culture, our society. It's the, and it's the majority, really. You know, and they always used to talk about the um, silent majority or the, or the moral majority or whatever. I don't care what label you put on it. But the majority of people, they have to work. They have to strive. They have to believe. They have to move forward and often under difficult circumstances, whether it's money or it's, or it's societal or it's whatever you have to strive. And sometimes it, it's hard to get up in the morning and just do it. That's the people, that's the main people. So when I talk about the veneration of the normal man, that's what I'm meaning. Now you're going to notice throughout that I have just dropped all the pretense I've tried to drop all the pretense of, you know, man, woman. I mean, man, woman, uh, they're all the same thing. It's humankind. Uh, men and women are different. And I might do a um, um, talk around the fire about that at a certain point. But for right now, just if I start talking about man or mankind or I refer to it in the mail, it's because I am a male and it's because... That is an easy way to do it, and it's not because women are secondary. They're very important, but it just, well, it just makes it easier. I'm not going to say man slash woman all the time. Like, come on. Anyway, the uh, second part, so the first part is the veneration of the normal man. The second part is the lies in our society, and th this one has been interesting as I research each time. It's interesting, the lies, not just the ones that are blatant, not just the ones like, you know, if you t tell a lie big enough, everybody's going to believe it. Type uh, hit Hitler or, or Goebbels or whatever his name was and doing all that. No, there's lies that we tell ourselves. There's little lies. Lies are throughout our society. It's untruth. And, in, and our society is full of it. And then last but least, so the first one is the veneration of the normal man. The second one is the lies found in our society. And the third one is practical steps to increase your personal agency. And this one, it's amazing. This one I just, uh, at the beginning, if you go back and listen to my first few episodes, um, I just kind of threw this one in here, little things, because I, I always believe that you know, people read and listen to things too much and they don't uh, actually work at, doing something practical like making your body move getting out there but anyway so i started that and now that one is becoming more important than it ever used to be anyway moving forward here um what can i say except well we have to move forward and we're going to talk about we're going to be talking about here is what it means to be a citizen. And those of you that are hoping for uh, a good 
description of what a citizen is and what a citizen isn't, you're going to be disappointed because that's really not the direction I want to go at this time. It's just like, who are you, citizen? Who are you? What would you like your status to be? I mean, who do you want to be? I mean, I'm going to make you uncomfortable. And, and sometimes venerating the normal man could include making the normal man feel a little bit uncomfortable. Make him question his own mind. And that's, this is a question you have to ask. Like, who are you? Who do you want to be? Because right now, it's being written for you. In this whole society, in, in everything that we're doing, all this, this, all this Chicom flu, Wuhan flu stuff. I mean, this is, this is dividing people and changing people. So, yeah, you have to decide who you are and who you want to be and then stick with it because it's, it's, uh, it's being meted out to you if you're not aware. You know, it's really easy to just let others define what your status is. You know, we've grown accustomed to just going along with society like, well, whatever's going on, I'll just keep my head down because I want to work and I want to buy something or I, I want to make my career go better or I wish I had more friends or I need to chase this person and marry them. Oh, whatever. That's that normal people need to go along just to be normal people is, is constantly interrupted. Now you're constantly being tripped on your walk of life because they, they want to tell you that you're not going to define who you are. They are going to define who you are. Oh, and we're going to be getting to the whole they thing. But anyway, your entire life, all, all throughout, like going to school and, and being around people, and you're constantly labeled by the different systems, school systems, government systems, corporations. You're, you're labeled, you're given a title. The idea permeates right into our language. I mean, think about that. I was asking, who are you, citizen? Who are you? Well, actually, we're not really, nobody calls us citizens anymore. You notice that? I mean, it, was it just a quaint thing that went away when the Superman comics died? Nobody calls us citizens anymore. We're consumers. That's what we're mostly called. The common people. We're consumers. The consumers, like we're a herd of cows eating hay or something. But anyway, there was a time that we were called citizens. And it was because, well, the citizens decided what they wanted. It was, uh, everybody was in one group. We all decided, oh, and then there'd be people that say, oh, well, yeah, but what about this group of people? And they were marginalized. And that group of people, they were marginalized. This other group of people, they were marginalized. Hell, everybody was marginalized in some way or another. Just don't, don't even go with that lie. I mean, if you look at, the history of mankind, there's always been marginalized peoples, always. It's never went away. And it, it's not going to go away with this new thing that they want to come up with. Trust me. Is it better to have everybody marginalized by an oppressive system as opposed to having one group that's marginalized because, I don't know, they just got into the country or marginalized because, well, maybe they are a little weird. Maybe they do need to be marginalized just to keep control of them because, I don't know, maybe they believe they're dogs or something. Is it you want that to spread? 
Anyway. <sighs> Moving right along. As you can tell, I, I should just, I'm being very loose here because I'm, you've noticed that there hasn't, um, the fire of the enemy patrol hasn't been lit for a while. And the reason is, is because my life has changed and I don't have as much time as I used to. So I'm looking to, um, uh, how would I put it? Uh, go a little more off the cuff, a few less notes. So things might be a little more loosey goosey. As you can tell, I'm breaking in the middle of what I'm talking about being citizens. And I'm telling you why maybe I sound a little more off the cuff. It's because actually I am, I'm not following. I used to do a lot of notes before I did this talk. I should have done this before, but you know what? I'm just going to go with it. I did this is it anyway so we were talking about systems and how they've labeled us um where is this leading us to i mean in your life you can think back like when you were in school when you were when you were um younger and your the desks were in rows and and you were labeled a certain class of athlete, a certain class of, of uh, student, a certain class of like how much you knew. But at, at a certain point, you rebelled against it in your adolescence in some way or another. Have you noticed in, in the last couple generations how that rebellion has been channeled? It, it's, it's like the... the, um, the, the media the hollywood the the whole thing has has brought in um, um almost a channel for young people to go to if they want to rebel it, it gets wilder all the time more weird wilder more sexual more this more that and it's a place to go it's like yeah all this you know the society i'm going to rebel and well and if you're going to rebel then come here that's been going on for generations now. I mean, there was a time when a young person rebelled. They um, wouldn't marry who dad wanted them to marry, and they would write poetry. And it's just gotten weirder and wilder since then. Anyway, it's time to uh, feel a little bit of that rage, and it's time to feel a little bit of that rebellion against the labels that are being put on people now because it's gotten more serious. I mean, where is this leading us to? Is this the final selection? Is this is this whole thing they're doing with the Chicom flu? Is this the beginning of everybody being divided up into various groups in order to be selected by a, a social media type program on your phone? I mean, the things have gotten so 1984. And I, you know, sometimes I wondered, anybody read that book? I mean, I had to read it in school, but I don't think, I'm old. I don't think anybody's had to read that book for a long time. Everybody talks about it. They refer to it. They refer to, they talk about Animal Farm. There's, there's lots of books that were written uh, in the like 40s, 50s, 60s in, in that era, even the 30s. There, there was people that saw the way society was going and they wrote these stories as a warning 
and it seems the warning has fallen on deaf ears. It's like it's everybody refers to the books, but I wonder if anybody's actually read them and, and seen the horror in them and seeing how close they are now. Like everybody should be reading those books right now. I mean, I should even reread them. I've read them all in my past, but I haven't read them for years. I mean, this pandemic thing, I mean, honestly, this is not a bring out your dead pandemic. You know, the old Monty Python, bring out your dead. Carts going down the streets and bodies being loaded onto it. <laughs> they're calling it a pandemic and they're pumping fear like crazy. But seriously, not very many people are dying from it. I mean, there are some. They can always write a horror story about someone who can't breathe and their fingers turn blue and whatever. They could do that about cancer. They could do that about about Ebola. I mean, they, you can read horror stories of human disease. I mean, go back in the past. I mean, read what pandemics did, and, and oh, and they they were bad, and they very good for making you to give you a flash of fear in your heart. But really, is is, is what is being done? Is that really? Does it measure? with this Wuhan flu or, or is it all about more of an exercise of just like working it? I mean, they're practicing various things. They're practicing giving us um, a good show, you know, all the, doesn't matter what channel you turn to on your television or what news you listen to. It's like, Oh, fear, 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 fear. Wuhan, Wuhan, Wuhan. No, they don't say Wuhan anymore. No, they just, it's COVID, 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 COVID. Yeah. And uh, do as you're told, do as you're told, do as you're told. And the people that don't do as they're told, they're selfish and evil. Uh, it's just more breaking up society into various groups. So are you quaking in fear? Are you mad at the people who won't comply to, so that the cooties go away and things can get back to normal? You know, I had an encounter with a woman in a, I'll just call it a hamburger joint. It wasn't the one with the M, but it was kind of like that. Anyway, um, it was kind of interesting. I, I try and get along with, with people most of the time. Uh, when I'm in, when I go to civilization and I have to move about, I, um, well, we'll get more into this later, but it's this whole mask wearing thing. And, you know, I try and keep it in the, more in the back of my mind than anything else. I'm, I refuse to just be sucked into it. Anyway, I was just going into this hamburger joint for I, all I wanted was a coffee. But mostly why I was going in is I need to use the restroom. So I go into the men's room and there's sewage on the floor. I mean, like they got a major sewage problem going on. And without thinking, I just, I wanted to tell them about it. So I come out and I said, can I get a coffee? And I just want to tell you that you got sewage backed up in the men's bathroom. And... This woman looked me right in the eye and said, Sir, I cannot serve you unless you pull up your mask. And it, it, I, I kind of snapped a little bit. I mean, I didn't lose it or anything, but it was that just that I just told her she had raw sewage in the men's bathroom. And she's telling me to pull up my mask. Like, what really is the more serious uh, biohazard at that moment? And 
me having my mask below my nose so I can breathe or that there is human waste in a washroom on the floor backed up. Like which one of those is more a more important health concern? And I just said that. I just like, it popped out of me. I mean, it was like, look, lady, um, you have a bigger problem, health problem, um, biohazard problem than me not having my mask up. And she looked at me with eyes that just like, I have to control you. We will deal with that, sir, but you have to pull your mask up. <clears throat> and I realized what I was dealing with. I mean, this person was either so into control or fear or something. They, she wasn't even thinking. Like, she didn't even have an actual human uh, belief system working. It was, it was on a one track. Now, I mean, the whole thing about wearing the mask, there are people that are scared. They're, I know it doesn't do anything. Like, don't, don't anybody write me and tell me, well, the mask doesn't really do anything. I've read all the stuff about it. I know they don't do anything. I mean, they might catch a sneeze or something, but they've already written off the fact that this thing travels by surfaces. And they've all, I mean, it, it's science. If you want to talk about science, the size of the, the COVID um, bug and the, the weave in a mask, like they don't work. It doesn't really work. Like I said, it might catch a sneeze or something and that's about it. But anyway, ask yourself and be honest, why do you, why do you wear the mask then? If it doesn't make sense, and I've asked myself this question, if it doesn't make sense, if it doesn't really work, then why are you wearing it? Is it just too much of a pain in the ass to just like buck the law? Like go against it? I mean, Come on, man. <laughs> I just had to do that one more time. Yeah, the whole mask thing. I mean, yeah, we're going to talk about more of this about this later. Anyway, you know, and it's, the other interesting thing is these people are following this. I live up in Canada, and, and, and it's like there was one of the younger ladies at the counter. She just said, well, we have to do this because it's the rules. And... Okay, so it's just the rules. So what does that mean? Where, where, where do you fit in that? Did you just always follow the rules? You know, what was interesting is as she was pouring coffee into into my cup and everything, I said, you know, the the Jews got loaded into boxcars because men just followed the rules, and she almost overflowed the cup. It was like it hit the younger one, this older lady. She's just staring at me like with a death stare, like a cobra or something. And the younger one just, uh, you could tell it kind of hit or whatever. But it's like, you got to think about that. At some point, following the rules doesn't work. We mean, we hung men in World War II at the Nuremberg trials because, and, and their defense was, I was just following the rules. You know, that doesn't work. Somewhere, morally, you have to make a decision. And this is where nobody wants it. Nobody wants to do this. Nobody wants to decide that, okay, this far, but no further. 15 days to flatten the curve. It's a year on. It's time we all start thinking about this. I mean, uh, look at it this way. I'm, I live in Canada, like I said before, and 
is does the Canadian government have better scientists than the state of Florida? Is the top Canadian health org? Have you seen her? Anybody that hasn't seen her, like, like Google the Canadian don't don't, don't Google the Canadian health orc. Um, that's just what I call her because she looks like an orc, honestly. Um, she's the Canadian health. I, I don't even know what she is. The commissioner of health. Uh, I don't know what her title is, but top Canadian health official. And I think she's an orc, but anyway, does she know more than the governor and the health officials in South Dakota? What about Egypt or Hungary? I mean, these are whole states. These are giant groups of people that have decided, you know what? This stuff is, there's something wrong with this. This is not about science anymore. Do you think maybe at this point it's time to make a personal decision for yourself? I'm not saying, you don't, don't, don't go and get handcuffed in Costco. I mean, come on, that's too easy. You go in, you yell, you make a butthead of yourself. And then they have to call the cops and because they ask you to leave and you won't. And that's not what I'm talking about. I mean, just, just be a pain in the butt to all the mask holes. I mean, pull it down as often as you can. If they come up and tell you to pull your mask up, just look at them really sweet and say, oh, of course, you know, make their life miserable. I mean, they've taken the job of going around telling people to pull their mask up. I mean, is that a job, really? I mean, some of them like it. So the mask holes kind of are mask holes. They're like, it's time to start pushing back. That's all I can say. Anyway, more about this when we talk about practical steps. You know, back to this sewage story in the hamburger joint. I, I usually try to be comfortably compliant with people. I mean, if I go in a business and I look at somebody and they look genuinely like they're worried or scared or uh, I get it. Nobody has, no, nobody's always courageous against standing up against tyranny. So whatever, I wear a bandana. But you know what? That thing, when nobody's looking at me, it comes down below my nose because quite frankly, I want to breathe air, not my own waste. So... Anyway, the most important thing, and, you know, I kind of lost it in the hamburger joint. Don't do that. Don't, don't, don't get angry. Don't, it's not those people. I honestly think that's, that's what um, people in charge, that's what they want. They want people to be divided up. They've already been dividing them up by colors and sexual orientations and making everybody enemies of everybody else. And this is just one more division that they can do. So I think it's more important that you educate people. Figure out some one line you can say to somebody. Something maybe cryptic. Like, is that how you feel personally? Or are you just following the rules? I mean, you can ask that question of another human being. And make them answer you. If you can. Anyway. Let's talk about being a subject as compared to being a citizen. What does it mean to be a subject? Well, subjects are owned. That's the way it was in, um, in Britain. They weren't citizens. They were subjects of the king, <clears throat> which 
essentially meant that they were owned. Citizens are free and they have a sense of control over their own lives. That's what it means to be a citizen. It means to be part of a very large group that is making decisions about the direction they want to go and they all understand the direction to go. But in the minds of those in control of our society, and I'm not just talking about governments here, um, I'm talking about, yeah, and the reason I, I don't say governments is because they've still got this little game going where, where they uh, vote. You know, you just supposedly decide on your government. But it doesn't really matter who you vote for. Did you notice that in the last election down in the United States? I mean, in Canada, I, I have no idea. I mean, it's always seemed to be kind of a joke. Eastern Canada always decided what the rest of Canada was doing. So, but I got more interested in American politics and it's like, um, they really got a big lesson in uh, the concept of voting. It didn't work. So anyway, you can change out governments. Really who's in control is it's a permanent managerial class, basically bureaucrats. And then there's all the connected people, the controllers of wealth, bankers, whatever. And then there's the owners of large corp, not owners, movers and shakers of large corporations, maybe owners. I don't know. It's, it's, they consider themselves the elite, but really all they are is rich. They control the, the resources and they control the flow of power. So it doesn't make them better people. It just gives them more power. So what's happened is, is the common people are again being owned. We've stopped being citizens. We're now subjects. So maybe it's better to just accept that and work with that until we can become citizens again. Maybe having citizenship taken away from people, being citizens, being in control, being part of this large group, maybe having it taken away will make people look at it again and realize it's something of value and will fight for it sooner rather than just keep going down this being owned trail. But anyway, having rights is not free. It's always been fought for. Always. The common people have always fought for basic human rights. Always. You know, back in the day, it, you know, you think about the way it starts is somebody would take control of some land. And I mean, like, when I say take control, I mean, like, move into it. Like, cut down the trees, build the house, whatever. And generations would go by and they would build this farm. They would build for posterity past each generation. So... They would build things like walls and, and, and irrigation systems and animal management systems. And they would, so they could, suddenly they found that they had a lot of extra food. And then there was people that maybe hadn't found a place yet. And they would come along and they'd say, hey, I'll come and work for you if you'll feed me. And it's like, sure, come on in. We can always use help on the farm. And then they would build a house and... They would have a family and generations would go by and more and more people. Pretty soon you would have this class of people that were basically workers. They didn't own the land, but they were living off the land. And so that's your, look at that as a very rudimentary and crude idea of class. The landowner and the non-landowner. And some landowners became very rich. They 
realized that they controlled more land than they could control more people. And things went along until pretty soon you had like lords of the land and then the, you know, all the different titles and the power thing. I mean, we're talking generation, 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 generation. We're talking over time. But it, originally the concept of a gentleman meant somebody that was, they were a landowner. It meant something at one point, just owning the land. It comes down to how people arrange themselves. Anyway, uh, always at the top, always floated to the top is like, who's going to be the, the highest lord of the land? And they called him a king. And the king just basically controlled everything. I mean, he controlled all the other lords, so therefore he controlled all the land, so therefore he controlled all the people. And that, I mean, that's been around forever, and it just keeps wanting to pop back in, which if you have a good king, it's not a bad thing, you know. I mean, if you have a really good man sitting on the throne, and, you know, he's good at judging right from wrong, and he can, you know, you could bring him problems, like we have a problem here about this, we have a problem here about that, and the king would solve the problem. I mean, this is a good thing. I mean, good, you know, a lot of power can solve a lot of problems. But the problem with having a king was is that the king would die and his son would take the throne and then he wasn't really good and then the grandson would take the throne or whatever and it was really bad. He would abuse his position, so to speak. So that went on for a long time, but and it still goes on today, I mean, really, but this has the, been the, the, the um, line of history about the West is this idea of kings and monarchies and uh, they change and well the first big change was the magna carta and i've talked about this before but you know and people mention the magna carta but really what exactly was the magna carta it was started in the 12th century and what it really did was it it curtailed the king's utmost power it was not a i mean the magna carta was just a, was a to the common people, it was just an idea. It was a concept that the king had to follow laws. And it was the first idea, basically, of the rule of law in the West. It was the, the nobles, those landowners, or whatever you want to call them, would get together and they said, you know what, the king shouldn't be able to just march into our houses. The king shouldn't be able to just confiscate our land. The king shouldn't be able to just arbitrarily raise taxes. And you can't throw one of us in the dungeon and, and, and just like memory hole a person. There had to be some kind of rule of law. Like, yeah, if somebody does something bad, then you put them in jail, but then there needs to be a trial. You can't just dump someone down in the sewage pit and put the lid over it. So yeah, the Magna Carta was, a what well, started in the 12th century and it wasn't done till the 13th. I mean, it took a long time to get this through people's heads that well especially the king's head that, that maybe he'd be better off to just follow this anyway it was the guarantee that the crown couldn't attack barons for whatever reason he had to have a, a reason he had to it had to follow some kind of like rule of law the concept that even a king was under an order from above and that's how they framed the rule of law was that god gave the laws 
And and don't don't just dismiss this. Don't just sweep at this concept under the carpet. Don't even pretend that the religious concepts and, and even older concepts of oaths and codes and honor didn't enter into this. It did. It was it was forged into it. It was driven in like a hammer drives steel together. The concept that there was a higher order than the king. So the king had to follow some rules too. It's not a bad one to think about. And it certainly was uh, uh, an offspring of Christianity. There's no getting around it. Anyway, this went on for quite a while because we're talking about the 12th century, but it wasn't until 1776 that something was put together in the New World, a new idea. Well, it wasn't really a new idea, but it was a new idea for the time. The concept of the common people are all equal, and we can all rule, and all we will do is we will vote in people to govern, and by govern it means be a manager, but otherwise the people should be free. Now, it was a genius thing because... What it essentially did, you know that I said 1776, so you know what I'm talking about the American Constitution is that the Bill of Rights and all that is really what it outlines is what the government can't do. It's not about what the government gives the people. It's about what the people have by birth and by being created of God. They are born with unalienable rights, rights that can't be taken away by a government. So really, the whole Constitution of the United States is meant to, and this is the understanding of a Canadian who's read about it, but I kind of like it. I like the idea of it. It's a piece of paper that says the government shall not do this, and the government shall not do that, the government shall not do something else. It's, it's an order of paper that what the government can't do, not what the government gives the people, not what the government can do, what it can't do. And that's why it has to be adhered to to the letter for it to work. Anyway, it was a radical concept, the old United States. A land ruled by law. Justice has a blindfold. It's a wonderful idea. And each of these ideas stem from what each person wants to be. Do you want to be a peasant? I don't want to be a peasant. I wouldn't mind living the life of a peasant. I don't, I, th- I think living a simple life, um, growing my own food, and I, I can see where that could be a pleasant life. But I certainly don't want it to be a peasant life in that some noble can ride in and steal my sheep or steal my daughter or burn down my house just because I sang the wrong song or wrote the wrong poem. That's what it meant to be a peasant. So these things that we were handed, that we were given through being born in the West, these ideas, they're not, none of it is free and all of it requires effort. And that's why you cannot keep your head down anymore. Have you noticed that how these new woke revolutionaries, you know, I just got to mention this, the, the they, they're desperately trying to break all of the common people into various groups. Do you, do you understand the concept of that? You break everybody up into groups, you put labels on them, 
and you assign different levels of status to each group. That's just classism. That's a different kind of classism. Oh, you're a low peasant. You're a higher peasant. You were a, you own your own goat peasant. And, and, and that's all it is. Only it's different. It's like who you want to sleep with or what your level of melanin in your skin is. But it's just breaking up people into groups and then, and then getting to fight with one another. That's what it seems to me. Anyway, this is um, something for you to think about. So the idea of being a citizen in a free country, that idea is dying. And it needs to, it needs to come back, not, not just in, in label, not just in uh, uh, something you want to write, but in, in the way you live your life. So where are we now? Well, we're losing those rights as a citizen. And the more grateful that you think that you are when the government tells you you can take your mask off, trust me, this is not going to end with just that. If, if, if you wait till the government tells you you can take your mask off, you're going to be hit with a list of do's and don'ts. I mean, you might be able to breathe now once they tell you that you can take your mask off. But I guarantee you, it will not be the air that your forefathers envisioned you breathing. Okay, at this point, we're going to go into lies found in society. And this one is a rather odd lie because it's only an implied lie. It's not one that, you know, somebody tells you something and it's a total fabrication and you go, ah, you're lying to me. No, this is, this one is a subtle lie. We don't hear it verbalized all that often, but rather it's more in our mind and we've been lulled into using it in our thinking. This lie, I call it the other they. You know, when somebody's, you know, they're talking about a conspiracy theory, they going on about, you know, chemtrails or something else, and they go, well, they want this and they want that. <clears throat> they're implying, um, um, you know, some shadowy group or some group under control or whatever. And, you know, it's often sneered at by those that look at conspiracy theories and go, oh, you can find anything on the internet. Or, well, it's just a conspiracy theory. I mean, I read about it in Snopes. And, well, who do you mean by they? You know, like they want you to name names, which huh, it's getting to be almost where you can, but <clears throat> that's not the point I'm trying to make here. I wrote about the they, because in, in a blog post, if you go on my... Uh, my uh, website, uh, anomicranger.com. I read a, uh, or read, I wrote a blog post um, called The Infamous They. <clears throat> and I pretty much lay out who they are. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not really as shadowy as you think it is. I mean, I didn't name names, but it's like they, they're the power brokers in society, whether they're money or religious or political or whatever. And, Yes, they do get together and talk about things. They even give it names. I mean, we're soon going to be 
what, what they want us to do, they want us to do is, is to accept the, the great reset, which was decided on at Davos, 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 I forget what you call that. Just a group where all the rich and powerful get to rub shoulders and rub whatever and get together and decide what they're going to do with all us peons. That's the way they look at it, I'm sure. There you go. There's the they. Anyway, they are doing this or they're plotting that. I mean, and the, like I said, these semi-intellectual people, that they snort when they hear the word they, and yet those people are the first ones to use a they. But it's not the same they. You know, if you're trying to tell something like, do you realize that this happened in our society or did you read about that news story and, and you, you, you know what this means and you're trying to explain it and then you can see them, then their face clouds up and they go, well, they wouldn't allow that. That's the way they, they, that's the, the way those people look at it. It's like, they wouldn't allow that. Who's they? Well, the government or the mainstream media or the, all these institutions that they believe in to the, in their mind is also the, they, this is something that even permeates, even if you've been a person who believes in, in you know, semi-detached conspiracy theories or whatever you want to call them, even in your mind, when you hear something, you go, there's, there's a little check in, you, in, you, in your mind that says, well, well, they wouldn't allow that. That couldn't happen. I mean, we allow this into our thinking because we want to believe that there are adults in the room that's what i'll call it well the adults are remember when you were kids and kids get doing something and then, and then sometimes things get out of hand and it's like you wanted an adult in the room before somebody lit something on fire or did, did something really stupid but you know what yeah adults in the room you want cooler heads to prevail you heard that before well well this is going to get out of hand unless cooler heads prevail that's the idea of the adult in the room, someone in charge is going to stop this from happening because this is crazy or ludicrous or dangerous or like, this is nuts. Somebody needs to put a stop to this. I mean, do you think if you went back to Germany in 1939, you get in a time machine, go back there. I mean, do you think all the Germans had horns and, and forked tongues and everything? They didn't. They were good. <coughs> Excuse me. They were good common people. They, they were hard workers and they believed that their government was trying to do the best for the German people. And if you went back and you told an everyday German, I mean, somebody that's in your shoes, only 1939 German, and you could go back and you could explain to him and you tell him about the gas chambers, he would, he'd blink in disbelief and mutter that, well, it's impossible. They wouldn't allow that. Adults in the room. Well, it's time to grab a clue. <coughs> there are no adults in the room anymore. Okay. The, it's, it's, it's open season. There are no... The rule of law has not been followed for a while. Things are spinning out of control. And we all have to adjust our thinking. That's all I can say about the lie of the day is you have to realize that the concept that you wish for, that you want, this thing where you're hoping if you can just keep your head down, 
and all this will eventually go away. It, it, what this is will go away, but what's left in its place you may not like. There are no adults in the room. And yes, the two they's are becoming the same. Okay, I'm going to just get right into this. And those of you that listen to the Enemy Patrol, you've been here before, you know what this is all about. So get your butt up off the couch and turn off that boob tube. You're not going to learn nothing watching that thing. Get outside and get the stink blowed off you. This keeps up. We're going to have a country full of people with wide, soft asses and even softer heads. That's right. It's time for some practical tips, things you got to do. And that's a good start. Get out of the internet as often as you can. Get off of social media. Uh, I mean, permanently. Uh, if you are, just keep your toe in the water, whatever. But if you're, if you're checking your phone 15 times a day, looking at social media, you're in trouble. This, this, is, this is not good. You have to get off of that. You have to get into the real world. And you can go back to listen to other episodes where I give practical tips. And it's really important you get into nature. It's very important you get exercise. It's very important. And that little diatribe I did was just something I heard when I was a kid when I watched too much television. And older men would basically kick me in the butt, verbally at least, and tell me to go do something. And it was really good advice. So I'm giving it to you. Anyway, for your practical tips this week, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to flaunt these laws about masks and distancing as often and as much as you can. Just pick your own comfort level. I don't care if you just you just pull that damn thing down below your nose and catch some fresh air as often as possible. And if somebody comes along and says, can you lift your mask? <sighs> I don't know. You decide what level you're comfortable with. Do you want to lift that mask with your middle finger? Go for it. If you want to say, no, I need to breathe for a minute. Just give me a minute. I'm not going to infect anybody in the next minute. I need a breath of air unless you want me to faint and you have to call an ambulance. What would you like? I don't care how much you engage people, but I mean, just do something. Do something to make this nasty on these people that are enjoying this. There are people out there that are enjoying this. They like telling people what to do. They like being scared. They like making it not about how crappy their own life is, but how it's crappy because there might be a bug out there. I mean, we don't know what kind of people, well, we, we know what kind of people, but I'm saying that there's a lot of people out there with stuff between their ears that would scare you. They like being afraid. There are people out there that enjoy being afraid. Because it takes their mind off their own life, their own sin, their own problems, their own shortcomings, and makes it all about something external. So the you have to become the adult in the room. So I'm saying for your practical tip is work on that and, and figure out where your level, where your level of uh, 
courage is and work on the courage, work it like a muscle. It's, but in all of it, try and be kind as you can, because some people really are scared about this. So, you know, just, you know, start blabbing off about and, and throwing F bombs at people and all that. That's not right. Or getting handcuffed. That's not, no, no, it's about educating. It's about like just standing up and saying enough. I've had enough. You don't have to make anybody else smaller for you to get bigger. Just stand up and get bigger. And let the chips fall where they may, as far as the other people goes. That's all I got for you this time around. I hope to get more of these out, and I hope you like being me being a little bit more off the cuff. And... Uh, maybe these will get a little bit shorter too. I won't uh, have so much to say. Just get on here and do shorter ones more often. That could be happening. I don't know. I Things are in flux right now. So with society and everything. But anyway, I will try and keep the fire of the enemy patrol burning. And like I said before, you can find me at anomicranger.com. You can send me an email to enemypatrolhq at yahoo.com. Don't forget to subscribe and review and like and all that stuff. And don't forget, until we meet again, keep in your mind that life, you only get one swing at it. It's a one-time adventure. One time. You get one shot at this. So you... In all the fear and all the problems and all the issues and all the things that we have to live with every day, you got to think about it as this adventure that you were sent out on and you have to complete it. It's up to you to figure out where you're going, what you're doing. It's your adventure, but just learn to live it that way. So until we meet again, um, keep an edge in your knife and keep your matches dry and live that adventure. So, until next time, my friends, vaya con Dios, eh?